Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. You have a Bible. I want you to do this. Uh, this is one of the things, if it's your first time, this is one of the things we do every week. We go to the Bible. If you're regular around here, you know we do this. We go to the Word. We read it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us live this thing out. And so uh, we're going to go today uh, probably a whole lot of Bible. Um, this is a whole lot of Bible. I've, this, I literally found myself this morning still trying to pull out scriptures that maybe I could say for another message. It was that much Word because of what we're going to talk about, but I was just kind of narrowed it down, and so, um, but I want to open, and I feel just kind of open and lead this text out, open today with the text, and in the book of Titus, so Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, and um, somebody like, I never heard of that one, uh, it's, uh, if you, it's near the end of the Bible, so kind of go near the end here, uh, if you're anywhere in the front half, you, you off, so keep going, uh, tucked in between 2 Timothy, Philemon, uh, just right in there. So uh, Titus chapter 2, and I want to read a few verses in this text, then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to talk to you about some things I feel God uh, is, is saying right now. So um, verse 11 is where we're going to be. Titus chapter 2, when you got it, say amen. amen. Awesome. You still look and say, hold on. I'll wait. I'll wait. I love you that much. I want you to see this. And so Titus chapter 2, verse 11, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen uh, for you. Uh, If you need a Bible, please stop by Connect, the area in the back of the church. We'll give you a Bible after church. We want everybody to have a a Bible. So Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not you looking forward to his appearing. Verse 14, who gave himself for us. I'm, today I'm going to have very, uh, several passages that's going to have the words gave himself. So uh, when, I, when we get to those places in this message now, and I'll remind you later, I want you to say that with me. I really want you just to say those two words, gave himself. And there's a significance in those two words. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. Can we just pray and talk to him one time? God, we just love you and so thankful for what uh, you've already done in this place and uh, for just your Holy Spirit who's here, uh, who's with us. Uh, We thank you that uh, you are a uh, God who loves us and because of you, the love you have for us, you give. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that we'll love, we'll give, we'll be faithful with everything you place in our hands, God. And we just want to continue to put you first in all that we do and everything, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' incredible holy name. Church, say it with me. Amen. 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 We're in a series right now called The Real Jesus. And uh, this is now, I look back to the count these this morning, I was just amazed that we're in week 15 
of this series uh, called The Real Jesus. There's kind of a little unwritten rule of pastors that you don't go a series over four weeks because you lose the people and then they don't, you know, whatever. So, uh, so we'll let you know around here we break all those rules uh, when it comes to those things. Um, we're in like month four instead of week four, but it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, we're getting to know the real Jesus. Amen? And uh, how many knows when you get to know him as we've been singing, you get to know the real Jesus. He uh, he, he just does something in you, to you, and it just changes others. So this has just been fun. It's been a fun journey. We'll hang out here for a few more weeks. I believe I have a couple more things I want to share that he's leading me to. But just today, uh, just as we reflect quickly, not going to look back over 15 weeks, but we've talked about the real Jesus being freedom, uh, the real Jesus uh, being peace, being king, being the Christ, being God, being the Son, being the Word. Uh, being a friend, being a servant, all the things that we've been looking at. And then last week, we had a message called The Real Jesus is Grace. And all the messages are online. It's on uh, podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, all those things. Go listen to the Word if you miss any of the messages because the Word's great. It'll change your heart. And uh, we looked at last week that the real Jesus is grace. Look at your neighbor and say, he's grace. That's just who he is, grace. And so as we talked about him being grace... We talked about a few things, and I, we gave you three points. I love to work in three. It helps us kind of connect, memorize it, and that kind of thing. And so I said this. I said that the, the grace is a gift. All right? Grace is a gift. And so you have someone who has something that they're giving to someone else. And so, again, it's, it's a gift. Uh, if, if you're having to work for that, that means you are, are an employee. They are an employer. And so you are then earning your wages. Now, again, the only thing that we've earned and the wages of sin is death. That's the only thing we've earned. That's pretty good. I didn't in my notes. That was free charge. And so, but it's just, I mean, that's the only thing we've earned. But, but we know this. Again, this grace thing is a gift. So, again, there's a giver involved with that. The second thing is that grace will do is grace is a guide. And so we read in Titus 2 how this grace will teach us. The denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously. That's, that's part of that guiding process that happens in our life. The third thing we said was this, that grace must be received. All right, that grace must be received. The gift's available, it must be received. So again, this is grace. And so, but there's something in all of that that I hope you're getting, and this is kind of a tag on to that message, that this grace thing shows and reveals that the real Jesus, and it's the title of this message, that the real Jesus is a giver. He's a giver. And so he gives this grace. He gives love, peace, freedom, all these things. And so he gives to us. And so I said week one that what we want to do is this. We want to see Jesus, the real Jesus, and then let him show us who we are in him and then how that affects our life. And so this message this, this morning does this. It will begin to show us who we are and what we should be doing as we walk in who he is. I hope you got that, but because I can't repeat it. I don't even remember what I just said, but it is just, it's just kind of what happens again, but Jesus is a giver, and so this is what should happen for us. We should then, in turn, be, won't you say this with me, givers. That's just how, it's how this should work for us, and so I know something happens uh, sometimes when you get in church that as you start talking about giving and things, uh, people can kind of start getting a little bit tense, and I don't want you to get no tense situation. I don't want no condemnation. I want the Word of God to come to you today. And the Word of God, as it comes into your life, it will bring interest and bring life and peace to you. So just receive today what the Word of God says. And so, but the Word of God says a whole lot about giving. 
And so, again, we're in week 15. And so if this is your first time and, and uh, you, you come to church, you're saying, man, that's all churches talk about and that's all pastors ever talk about. I just want you to know it's not this place. I probably don't teach on it enough, not compared to how much it's in the Bible. But uh, this is not that. Matter of fact, this is week 15, four months into a series. First message you heard on anything about giving. And so, but again, he's a giver, so we want to walk in this. But the Bible says a lot about it. I read an article on, on giving, and it said this. It says that nearly half of the parables that Jesus taught were about the handling of money and possessions. Now, again, this is not my personal study, something I read. That one out of seven verses in the New Testament deal directly with this topic. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 on faith. Not sure about that, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. It's trying to put something in perspective for us. The Bible says a lot about it, and it's true. Uh, you cannot, I don't believe, uh, if, if, if you've never read the Bible ever, again, you, and I gave you the book, and you go somewhere off on an island and sit there by yourself, and you open it up and begin to read it, I don't believe you would come to the end of the book and close it and say, he wasn't a giver and I shouldn't give. I just don't think you'll find that because, again, the Bible says so much about this. And I believe it says about it, uh, so much about it for several reasons, for multiple reasons. Uh, uh, for one, it, it does this, I believe, because God knew many people would struggle in this area. He knew that many people, this would be something that uh, brings a lot of frustration in them into their life. It brings destruction. Uh, finances can do this for you. It can put a lot of pressure on people. Uh, it, it is, it is uh, to most uh, surveys will say that money is the number one reason for divorce and fights in a marriage. Uh, there, it, is, it is one of the things that people struggle with. I believe also that it is one of the things that Satan uses probably, probably the greatest way. You know, again, outside of condemnation, uh, he uses this thing called finances to find entrance into our life. And what happens is this. Finances begin to get put into a place that it should never be in our life. And so something that should not be a God, it becomes a God to us. You can look at our economy. You can look at what's going on in the world around us, and this is the truth that is happening right now. That's why the world is the way it is, because people have taken the possessions that have been placed in their hands, not stewarded well those possessions, and done what they should with those possessions, and then this is what happens. But the Bible says a lot about it, and the Bible speaks and says these things because, again, he's trying to teach something to us that's going to help bring peace it's going to bring freedom. It's going to bring into our life the things we need to walk in, like we're talking about today, who he is. And so this is something he gives to us. And so uh, this is one of the things that I don't want us to be a church who opens the word up and believes everything about eternity, believes everything about salvation, believes everything about grace, believes, every, believes everything about freedom and peace and all these things, but we don't believe what it says about the word of God when it comes to giving. I don't want us to be that place, and I don't believe we are. So I want us to open up and just read this together. So you see this. This is one of the things that people will have a tendency towards, a lean towards surrendering to God last in their life. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, with some Christians, the last part of their nature that ever gets sanctified is their pockets. And so... Um, Kind of interesting, I'm going to give you another similar in a minute, but it's, it's kind of what happens in our lives. So today, I want you to grab this, 
that Jesus is a giver, so we want to walk in, be who he is, and set a good example of who he is. So I'm going to give you three things again that you'll see these things work together when it comes to giving. So three things that giving does for us. And the number one thing, and this is why I believe there's so much Bible on this subject, is giving reveals our heart. Okay? Giving reveals our heart. It, this is, a, 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 I guess, an identifier of who we are. The Bible says that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this is an indicator, again, of what our heart looks like. He goes on to say in verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light uh, that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And he says in verse 24 something very important. No one can serve two masters. For either... He will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. All right, that word mammon means riches. It means, it means finances. It means money. So we cannot do this. We can't come to place in our life where we can serve both of those things. We serve one or the other. And so we see finances as this. Uh, our finances is a great tool, but it's a horrible God. All right, and this is something that he's placed in our hands. And so this is a great tool that he gives us, but we refuse to serve this because, again, this is an indicator of our heart. This reveals something about our nature. And so uh, because by nature, uh, our natural desires, our natural tendencies uh, will have a, have a lean towards not always doing the things that we should the right way. And uh, in this area, when it comes to finances, he doesn't want to make you do this. He does not. And so I'm not even as your pastor, but trying to make you do something. I'm up here teaching you his word. And so because I, I, this is this me, my mindset, how I was coming up, uh, I, I got made to do things sometimes by my parents. All right. Um, and so parents, let me go ahead and just let you know that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So, I, mean, I don't know if I really want to make them do something. I'm going to make them come to church. I, I went to church every week. They had no choice. No choice. I was coming to church if I was breathing. So I mean, just certain things, they made me do it. One of the things they made me do was they made me cut the grass. And I mean, I remember those moments and times where I was made to do certain things. And, and as a parent, I want, I want you to know this. I, I, want you, I hope if you are a parent, you already know this. You don't want to have to make your children do the things that they should do. But don't it please your heart when you just know they're operating out of, of obedience in a certain area because there's a, it's a heart thing that's being revealed and they love you? That's what, that's what I believe he's trying to show us here, that this is something that reveals our heart. And so things begin to happen when we don't operate, and it's a revealing of the heart when we don't do the, what God's Word says to do in certain areas. And, in this, and there's one of the things that's spoken. This is in Old Testament. You'll hear old and new today. So again, uh, this is, there's both, and plenty of this in Bible and when it comes to giving. But in Malachi chapter 3, uh, Pastor Chris uh, kind of hit on this verse just a little bit, but Malachi chapter 3, uh, some people may... Uh, you know, say Malachi, uh, chapter 3, if, if 
think that's upstate New York. Uh, is that Malachi? It's how they said that. Up, but, no, it's, but it's Malachi chap, chapter 3. Uh, th- this, is, this is how this is said. The word says here, and again, Malachi means messenger. All right, this is a messenger of God. Okay, this is a prophet who's speaking on behalf of the Holy Father, God himself. And so Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 says this. Will a man rob God? We would look at that and say, man, I, I, I don't want to rob God. Who, that is, that, I, I don't want to, I'm not a robber. I'm not that kind of person. I don't do that. And he says this, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and an offering. Now, again, this is a heart indicator, something he gives, and so something we do. So, again, this is a revealing. And he says this. He says in Scripture that when we're holding back from him, when we're not giving to him in this area, that we're robbing God. Now, um, this is it's, it's, it's tough to hear, but it's true, and I, I like the way the great reformer Martin Luther uh, said this. He says it was once written that he said that there are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse. So there, these three things must happen. And so he's wanting this conversion to take place. And I believe this, this is how my take on that quote, I believe if, if he has your heart, he's going to have your purse. Well, if he has your heart, he's going he's to have your mind. You're going to constantly be giving those things over to him. And so you surrender those things. Again, because this is an indicator of the heart. And you know what he wants to be? He wants to be first in your life. That's when it comes down to that he wants to be first. And so he wants to give first. Proverbs 3, 9 says this, to honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. All right? This is, this is something that he's trying to connect us to. And that first fruits means first, best, chief, choice part. He wants you to, to put him first in your life. I, I have three weddings coming up next month. And in July, I'm going to be tying the knot, hopefully real tight, to, to three uh, couples. And, and it would be very strange if on their wedding day, in front of the couple, between, in front of God and man, I look at that couple and I tell them, I want you to look deep into your spouse's eyes. And say, I promise to put you about 15th down on my priority list. I'm te- I mean, it just, that, hold on, I mean, you laugh because, I mean, it, it, really, it makes no sense. Because, again, this couple's doing this. This couple's getting ready to come together, become one, become husband and wife, become a spouse. And so you want to do this. You want to put that person outside, outside of God. There's always priority. But outside of God, on this earth, you become first person. Now, now we, don't, we look at that and we hear this. Now, what if we said, all right, I'm feeling generous today. What I'm going to do, I want to move you on up on my list into the single-digit area. Because I think it's important. Man, we're getting married. It's kind of a big deal. We want to do this in one of the last few years. So I'm going to move you on up the list. We're going to get into single digits. matter of fact, we're going to do this. We're going to put you, I'm going to put you, this is number seven. That's God's perfect numbers, number of completion. I'm going to put you number seven on my list. Foolishness. It makes no sense. And we look at that. But you know what happens? And this is what, what the Bible tells us that we are. We are the bride of Christ. He's a bridegroom. And I think what happens a lot of times is this, that we sit there face to face and we look deep into his eyes. Even in moments like we just had, man, it was dead on with what the Spirit of God was doing. If we could just get one glimpse, and sometimes we get a glimpse. And we say, God, I'm going to put you seventh. No sense. 
And if we do that, and this is, again, this is why we continually do a word we talked about on, Sun, uh, on Wednesday around here. We want to repent if, we've, if we're doing that. We, 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 we make the decision to change our mind and renew that area. And we want to say, God, I want you first because giving reveals our heart. The second thing, and this is why it's important, and again, our Bible says so much about it, is this. Giving does this. Giving releases a blessing. Giving releases a blessing. Again, as parents, if you love your children, you sat there so many times and you just hoping. I mean, unless something's wrong with you, unless something's not right, you're not wanting to beat your children. You're not wanting to withhold things from them. You're not wanting them to miss out on certain areas of life. If, if you are, get counsel. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, just get counsel. Come see me. We'll write you down and spend some time with you. But it's just not good. But you know what happens so many times is you see this, and it's true. There are things that you want to bless your children with if you love them, and he loves us, and he's a good father. But there are things that, th- that he cannot release into our life until we operate in obedience. That's just truth. And we see this over and over and over. But when we do it, it releases a blessing. And this is one of the things that I love. Malachi 3, Malachi 3, says this in verse 10, for us to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Had a conversation the other day. Somebody said, where should I bring that tithe? Tithe means tenth. Is it okay to put it in another ministry or put it somewhere else in another place, whatever? Bible says to bring it to the storehouse. And so storehouse is his house. And so he says that there also may be food in my house and try me now in this. And he says something here is crucial. He uses the word bring. All right, I want you to see this. This is huge. He says for us to bring all the tithe. He uses the word bring because it's not ours. Okay, and so I, 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 we, we get caught up in terminology and we use certain words. I heard people say this. I've said this. I try not to now. I say we, we need to pay our tithes. I'll, I'll understand this. Tithing is not a bill. It's a blessing. Okay, and so we're, we're operating now in the area of obedience, and we give this to him. And so he says, bring this. Uh, my future son-in-law, Chris, is, is on the back row. And so um, he's going to walk a very straight line to make it to May 27th next year to marry my daughter. And, uh, but if he's sitting back there and he had my telephone in his hand, and I said this, Chris, will you bring me my phone? All right, now, this only makes sense. If, I, if he comes up here and he looks at me and he smiles, he says, man, I want to give you something. You going to let me marry your daughter? You let me eat at your house all the time? You know what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to give you this phone. It makes no sense. Dude, I told you, bring me what's mine. In this area, again, he wants you to bring this to him because, again, you're not giving this or paying this or nothing. So you're just bringing it in the hand to him what's his. Now, again, some people say, well, I, wanna, I can tithe my time instead of my finances. You know, when it comes to time, it's a whole different story there. You know what he wants of your time? All of it. Every bit of it. You crucify your flesh. You lay yourself down. You deny yourself. You take up a cross, and that's every bit of your life. That's what he wants. But in this area, he says, bring this to him. And so he does this because, again, releases the blessing. He says, this is what takes place when we do it. He said, try me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts, verse 10. He said, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven, pour out for, for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. 
and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So many things happen in this verse, but just quickly, when we give to him, we bring this and lay this at his feet, he does this for us. He rebukes the devourer. There's a thief who's out to steal, kill, and destroy your life, your finances, everything. And we do this a lot of times. Pastor, you agree with me? Then we're going to rebuke the enemy off of this situation or whatever. And, and that's, we, there's occasions when that's okay and we do that. Let me tell you what happens when you walk in obedience. The blessing flows and he rebukes the devourer for you. I'm fairly close with him. You're fairly close to have direct line with him. But I'd much rather have him speaking on my behalf than me or you. So he speaks for us, and he releases this area in our life. Again, when we give this, bring this to him, and lay it there at his feet. And he says this, again, releases a blessing. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. All right, so this is what I want you to start doing. Please help in this area. The guys that come up here and, and, and lead and tithe and offer, man, they have some of the toughest jobs in this church. I'm telling you, man, that becomes some of the toughest. And again, to so the world we live in and how the enemy works and how he loves to use this thing, these guys have a tough job. So I want you to start helping them out, man. When they get up here and say it's time to give, don't let's just look at them. Don't do that. I mean, so, yeah. And, and matter of fact, the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. I, 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 one of the greatest things that ever happened, and I, and I understood this can happen, how this works the greatest. I was on a mission trip in Peru. I was a youth pastor, and I was out there with my senior pastor, and we were on a mission trip in Peru, and he's never been out of the country on a mission trip, and it was a trip <clears throat> for him. And uh, I'd, I'd had a little experience, and I've done some of this. And so he went with us, and we was out there, and it was amazing in this church, and we were in Peru. And you look at this place, they had nothing. It blew my mind. I mean, we sat there. I, I preached more that, that week than I've ever preached in my life in places with no air conditioning, middle of summer. You're talking about sweating, and it was unbelievable. I just, but something would happen when it became time to give. It was amazing. They said, it was, they said that they were going to take up offering. And all of a sudden, the place would begin to erupt. And I'm sitting there going, saying, man, we miss it in America. You know why they do that? I believe because, again, God has a heart for one reason. But one, they want to walk in obedience. And so they would do this. They would start dancing. They'd have all the music and instruments and all that kind of stuff like we had. They had a guitar, had like four, three or four strings on it, and they had a little drum, and they was beating, had some tambourines. And when they said it was time for offering, they got crunk. <laughs> no, I'm, y'all ain't, I'm telling y'all, man, I mean, it was, it was crunk. And so they began to dance around the church. I mean, and, and, and they grabbed my, my pastor, again, my senior pastor, um, I love him, and he's a man of God, and he's told me a lot about ministry, but he had to go to restroom often. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you all something. He had to go to the restroom regularly often, good bit. And so he had been sitting there telling me, because, again, they don't have church service hour and a half, and they're gone. Some of y'all right now are mad because you're like, come on now, dude, hurry, wrap this thing up. 
Now, Dave was just getting crunk about two and a half hours in. He looked at me, and just before offering time, I got to go to the bathroom. Bad. I was like, okay, we'll slide out during offering time and see if you can go and do your thing. No, sir, baby. They crunk it up and begin to dance around the room, <laughs> grab him by the arm, and he had to just skip around it. And if y'all, some of y'all know him, how funny that story is. But a lot was going on in that place. But they gave cheerfully. And I love it. And that's what the Bible says to do. He wants us to give. And of course, it does this. It releases a blessing. And I'm going to be honest. Those people are way more blessed than some of us. Way more blessings than some of us here because of what they had is not measured by riches. It's put some treasure somewhere else. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your bosom. For the same measure which you use, it will be measured back to you. It, it, and so here, here's what we must do. Adam was making coffee the other day, and, and he asked the question. He said, Which one is a teaspoon and which one is a tablespoon? I mean, how blessed are his mama spoiled him right. You know, but he was asking, some of y'all still ask that same question. Some of y'all still do that. And, uh, but he was asking which one because he was making some coffee. And he had this new little cool little gadget that makes coffee. It's actually this old percolator from like 1970 coffee pot. He thought it was like some new age thing. But uh, it, it, they, he made this stuff and he asked us what, which one it is. And, and it was funny. Yesterday, we were getting ready to go hang out with the youth, um, with our boys. And Angel had made coffee that morning. I come down, and she said this. She said, man, the coffee's very strong this morning. I'm like, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And so, but she was telling me, it's very strong. Be careful, whatever. And, 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 and this is what's going on here. You take that coffee, and then you put it in. And this is what's going on with a lot of people today. This is what's happening. They're using a teaspoon or a tablespoon. That's what they're measuring with. They're wanting God to give them back a gallon, a pot. I want you to give me all these things, but this is all I'm giving you. Now listen, he, he says this. It's how we measure it. We have the opportunity to do this. And this is what I want for this church. I want to be blessed, and it is. And I want this for you. And God releases a blessing when you give. The third and final thing is this. Giving meets a need. Giving meets a need. Now, this happens in a lot of different ways, and I could spend a lot of time here, but he says, again, bring tithe to the storehouse, maybe meat to eat, all these things, because, again, he's wanting the church to be able to do what the church is supposed to do when it comes to ministry. I could spend time on that. I ain't got to. You guys do that. So, again, it's different. But he gives, and giving does this. It meets a need. And some of us don't even realize what the greatest need is in our life. We don't even understand this. I hope these, these scriptures will help you do this. And so I'm going to fly through these verses quick. Hang with me, AV team. If you're taking notes, write them quick. And this is where you get to practice what we practiced earlier. He gave himself. Please say this with me if you see it. Don't leave me hanging. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Galatians 1, chapter 3 says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen, somebody. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He got it good. And the last one is Ephesians 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Again, remember, it makes no sense to look your spouse in the eye and say, I'm going to put you somewhere else. Listen, he gave. And you know why? He gave because it met a need. And the greatest need in our life is salvation. The greatest need in our heart is to know Jesus and is to have a relationship with him. And so he did this. He saw us in need, and he met our need. He saw us in turmoil. He saw us in a situation that we cannot work our way out of, earn our way, or get our way out of. So Jesus stepped down, and he met the greatest need in our life, and he gave. I, I hope today we're not going to do what I heard. Uh, I, I was reading a story about, uh, I, I love kind of fighting and warfare types. I'm a UFC nut, and some of y'all, y'all pray for me if y'all think that's bad. But I, I love that type of mindset. A warrior, I don't know if it's spiritual warfare mind. I just, I just love it. I don't like just sit back being weak and letting this stuff happen. I want us to pursue and go after and defend. That's my mindset. But I was reading a story about how in the medieval times that they would hire knights to come in and fight for the church. And they would hire these knights. And one of the things that they would do when they would hire these knights, they would bring them in and they would have to baptize them into the church before they would go and before they could fight for them. And so I was reading a story and how they would come in and those knights would step into the water and they would take their sword in their hand and they would hold that sword up above the water and they would go step into the water and they'd be baptized holding their sword in the air. At first I was reading that, I thought, man, that's pretty cool, man. They're They're awesome. <laughs> And I read on, and, and this was their mindset. I don't trust anyone with my sword. I'm like, hold on now. I don't trust anyone with my sword. I, I think this happens, and I think we do this a lot of times. We, we come to Christ, and he comes in, and we step in the water even. We celebrate, and we have parties, and we baptize around here. How foolish would it be if we get inside that baptistry and we step in and we reach in our back pocket. We hold our wallet in the air. And we say, put me under. And we keep that out. You know, that's what we do when we don't trust God. And we don't surrender that. Some of you are not holding your pocketbook. You know, some of you are holding different situations. Some of you are holding your kids. Some, some of you will be holding a substance. Whatever it may be, I, I want to surrender everything to you, Jesus, but I, I can't trust you with this. Listen, let me, let me tell you what happens and what baptism represents. Baptism represents us dying to the old self and us being raised into the newness of Christ. And I promise you this, when you trust God with everything, everything, and you say, God, you take it under, you do what needs to be done. I promise you, when he raises it up, he'll do things with it you can never do on your own. I promise you that. Will you stand, please? Man, I know this has been an intense, strong, 
so much Bible on the subject, and it is who Jesus is. I don't think we're ever any more like Jesus than when we give. I really don't, I don't think we're any more, ever any more like Jesus than when we give and when we're doing this in this way. And again, out of a heart of love, not because you're made to cheerfully, man, because he gives. You know something? It releases a blessing on your life. It meets a need that you have. And so I want you to, if you would, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I know the Holy Spirit's done some incredible things in this service already. His words confirm everything he's already done. But there may be today some people who are doing this. There may be some folks who have, who have yet to do this. Surrender your life to Jesus. That's the greatest need. That's you saying that I recognize that I can't do this on my own. I can't make it to heaven on my own. I can't be good enough. None of these things. I want to receive the gift. I want to receive from the giver. That is that grace gift I was talking about. And that greatest need, the reason he gives is to meet a need, and your greatest need is eternity with him. So I just want to ask, if there is anyone, just heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and, and, and we should do this according to Scripture. We should examine our hearts, see if we're in the faith. We should search our hearts and, and ask Him to search us and to reveal things to us. And so if there's today, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. I want to introduce you to Jesus. And I, I just want to just, right where you're at, lead you to the one who will just in every way change your life, man, and be with you, and His love will never leave you. Never leave you. That's you, and you say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? Would you? I want to surrender my life. I want him to meet the greatest need that I have. That's, that's salvation with him. Just slide your hand up right where you're at. Just raise it up high, and if, that's, if I see a hand, I'm going to pray with you right where you're at, and, and we're going to lead you to Jesus. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. Any hands? Raise it up high. If I don't see a hand, I'm, 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 I want to step to this next area. I, I believe today, and I've been in this situation, and we have to continually recognize that we have a tendency in our flesh and in our natural person to go back towards being this person. There are things that we want to hold out of the water. There are things that we keep to ourselves. There are things that we don't want to trust him with. Listen, he wants you to trust him with everything. You know why? Because he gave everything to you. He loves you that much. Right where you stand, if you'll say, Pastor, I want, you, I want you to pray for me because there's some things I need to surrender to God. And I, just right where you're at, I, I want, if that's you, and you, you, you know that, you know that, and the Holy Spirit's spoken to you during this message. There's some things that you know you need to surrender to Him today, some things you're keeping out of the water, not letting Him have full control of. Just raise your hand up right where you're at. Just raise it up high. Raise it up high. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. It's okay. It's not the mission. We're, I've been there. Have tendencies and leans toward going back there often, and I have to continually just renew my mind. It's okay. Who else? It's several. I pray with you right where you're standing right now. Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the, for the hearts of the people that's in this room who's raised hands today and just acknowledging that they want to surrender everything to you, that you're worthy of that, you're deserving of that, and they know, Lord, that you can do things that they can't do now. They see that. They see the reason for surrender. They see the blessing that comes from that. They see the need that can be met when they give everything to you. So, Lord, we just give it over to you right now. So, Father, I just thank you for the hands that were raised. I thank you for the blessing that's going to come. 
Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the hard work that's being done because of giving right now. I thank you, Lord, right now for the need that's being met because of giving today. I just thank you, Lord. And as we give those things over to you now, we surrender every area of our life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 